All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for On the Mark, fueled by Booster Juice. Download the new Booster Juice Rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day as we welcome in Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet, or uh, I should say maybe Gene Principe from Rogers Sportsnet. After that little pun you threw out yesterday, Spec, about uh, my Coronas, the, the Corona, uh, Magnus Corona is going to need a few Coronas. What's going on with that spec? Come on, it was pretty funny. You got it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, got, it gave me a little Magnus, chuckle. Poor old Magnus Corona found himself in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm afraid there wasn't a goalie on earth was winning that game. No, uh, but I think as a coach, you kind of have to have a little bit more of a read, don't you? Don't you have to go, okay, we're only back here after Christmas. I think Kakinen can handle a back-to-back. He looked just fine last night, you know. Yeah, I think you could say that, that he did feed that young man to the wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's also a coach whose team's getting the hell beat out of him every single night. Like, yeah. he's he's playing the piano as fast as he can, they would is how you would describe poor David Quinn mm-hmm. doesn't have a chance there so maybe that was down his priority list but looking at the situation and Kakinen did, I don't think Kakinen let, a, he let one goal in yeah. right? and that was that goofy 3-4 bouncer so mm-hmm. he played pretty well and the Oilers were calling the dogs off anyway yeah, um, yeah tough tough night for young Magnus that's for sure do you think uh, Spec that Quinn is Mike Greer's guy Oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, he uh, he did not. Hire, he was there before Mike Greer, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So that means he's not his guy. But when your team is that bad, you might as well. Why waste a, a coach that you really like on that team? Like, you know, if I'm Mike Greer and I inherit David Quinn, even if I don't like him as a coach, I mean, to a certain extent, I'm saying to myself hey, these guys aren't winning if we bring in Toll Blake in his prime, so why am I firing David Quinn? Let's let him get this team, help get this team to some level of adequacy before I start bringing my own guy in, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think he just plays out the season because the season is what it is. And when you get to a stage of where they're at, and I mean, they're what is it? They're 75 goals, minus 75 or something in goal differential. They're not just getting beat 4-2. They're getting beat soundly. It's, yeah, it's tough. It's historically a bad team. And, and, of course, what happens when you have a really bad team? Some of your best guys get injured. You know, Couture's not playing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they're listen, it's a crappy year down there. Um, I don't think Mike Greer thought it would be this bad, but uh, they have a long way to go for sure. They're free two points on the bingo card right now, man. I thought about that. Hey, uh, you know, speaking of coaches, Spec, how about John Tortorella in Philadelphia? He gets win number 723 last night. Flyers win in Vancouver 4-1. The goalie comes out. He's dehydrated, cramping. Konechny's uh, sick. I mean, you got to give Torts a lot of credit uh, for what he's done in Philadelphia this year. Yeah, I guess so. Like, I'm always happy to see Philly win. Philly's one of those teams for me, Kev, where hockey's a better place when Philadelphia Flyers matter, mm-hmm. you know? And there's been a bunch of years here where they just haven't, they've been not as bad as San Jose, but certainly as irrelevant. Uh, so it's great to see them good, 
You know, I'm not a huge torts fan. <laughs> You're telling me to give a bunch of credit to a guy that I, I'm not a big fan of personally, but I will give him credit for the coaching job he's doing there. Like, give it where credit where it's due, man. He's taking a team nobody thought was mm-hmm. going to be any good, and it's good. You know, it's a good team. They, I, I was in Philly the night they beat the orders very early in the season, and it, we, you know, back then we thought, ah, it's kind of fluke. We thought 8-1 by the Vancouver Canucks was maybe a bit of a fluke too. Uh, the truth is that none of it's a fluke. Both teams are real good. Mm-hmm. So good for Torts and good for Philly. See, I'm a Torts fan, Spec. I thought maybe you might be. Okay, so here's what I don't like about Torts. You okay. ready? Yep. Okay, so you're the player and I'm Torts, okay? My job is, even though I hate this part of my job, my job is to talk to media. And I know people don't care about the media, but I'm media, so I'm telling you about this. I hate the part where I have to talk to media every day, but that's what an NHL coach does. It's part of his mandate. I cut that short whenever times get tough. When my team gets beat, I walk out. I don't even do it. (laughs) Or I give one-word answers and walk away. So I don't try at the part of my job that I don't like. Now, you're the player, Kev. You don't like back-checking. If you don't try at that part of your job, what do you think happens to you? (laughs) Right? If you say... Uh, I'm only going to play the parts of the game that I like. Torts puts you in the press box faster than you can imagine, right? So it's okay for the, for him to cut corners whenever he wants. He likes cutting corners, and he admits to cutting corners. But, oh, boy, you better take it to the wall when you're the player. There's no cutting corners for the great John Tortorella. <laughs> so I think he's a little bit of a hypocrite that way. Do you think uh, that he gets along at all, or does he just hate Larry Brooks? Was, was he at the New York Post where Larry Brooks was? Yeah. Okay. And Larry we've seen Brooks we've seen the interactions, right? So Sure. And you know what? I like the fact that a coach shoots back a question at a journalist, including myself. Mm-hmm. Like, i got no problem with him and Larry Brooks having Adder, and I've had Adder with a few coaches myself and players, believe me. I think that's awesome. I respect the player who says, I don't really like that question, and I'm firing it back at you. There's no problem there. So, Brooksy just didn't go away, that's all. <laughs> you know, Brooksy called Torts on a lot of his stuff, and Torts didn't like it because he hates the media process. It's not a mistake. It's not a coincidence that Tortorella was involved in one of the great media coach back and forth in our time in hockey. It's because he hates doing the interviews. He admitted it the other day. It's the part of the job he can't stand. <laughs> so that's where we are. Oh, good stuff. I love love the candidacy. <laughs> I love it. Um, Ryan McLeod. Do you get to talk about the orders? Yeah, we're on there. We're still on the orders now. We did we did uh, Magnus Krona and your my Coronas and all that. So <laughs> now we can talk about Ryan McLeod. How about that? Yeah, what a game, eh? Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's got two goals in twenty nine games. One of them an empty netter, I think. Yep. And then he scores in four consecutive shots over three games. (laughs) He's got, all of a sudden, he's got six goals in 32 games, which is a little more, you know, a little more on pace for what we were looking for here. So, uh, good for him. The thing that I noticed the most, is he going to the net a lot more? I don't know. Uh, The thing I do notice is hanging on to the puck. You know, he's he's got the puck in his stick, and he's not getting rid of it. He's he's making a move on a guy. He's stick hand, He's using his speed to stick handle around people. Uh, the goal that he scored, right? He gets that puck. I think he got it. I can't remember where he got it. Did he get it from Ekholm? Yeah. And 
walked around a guy. I mean, he didn't walk around him, didn't go right through him, just used his speed and skated around him. And all of a sudden, he's got a pretty good look and he scores. And he's got some confidence. Confident players don't get rid of the puck right away. And that's what we're seeing in Ryan McLeod. It's a, it's a good look on him for sure. So, uh, Actually, I think it was Hyman that he got the puck, the, the play from. Hyman okay, and, and Bouchard were. Yeah, okay. So, um, anyway. Doesn't matter. But, um, you know, the thing that you notice, so now he's moved into a, onto a line left side with, with Leon Dreisaitl. And maybe, and I don't want to say this because I don't think he's, like he's not a dumb player, but sometimes you can't process the game as quickly as you would like to at certain positions. We're in, when you're playing center ice, you have so much more things to worry about, so many more things to do. Now, the thing that I've noticed, you say he's hanging onto the puck more. I see him getting in on the forecheck way more. Like, he doesn't care. He's behind the goal line in the opposition end the last couple of games way more than we've ever seen him because he doesn't have to worry about, oh, I got to get, I may, may, make sure I'm high. I've got to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm not totally. Right. Invested. I got to be F3 coming back. Yeah, I got to get sure. back. I got to get back. I got to do something like that. So I think that that's taken that off his shoulders, off his mind. And I think he's playing better. Well, when you inject that kind of speed into your top six, it can't hurt you. Uh, and there are lots of players like that. Listen, they built this team this year with him as a third-line center, and I'm going to say that we all looked at that and said, okay, let's see how that's going to work. Like, I think we probably thought, sure. I'd have, Personally, I thought with the personnel they have, I'd have built my team the same way. I'd have started with Ryan McLeod as my third-line center. But I want to say that – you can't close the door to the fact that maybe that wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's better at wing. And the the job here is to get the most out of the players you have. And if him on the wing is where you're going to get the most, then it causes a bit of an issue because, you know, I'm not sure that, that Derek Ryan is, is at this point in his career ready to be an everyday third-line center. I'd mm-hmm. say that he's not. So they need a third-line center. And can they find one? Do you have the assets for one? Is the right one available? Blah, blah, blah. But you know, what comes first, developing the young player and finding the best spot for him yeah. or checking off all the boxes in your lineup. I, I don't blame Ryan McLeod if he's not your third-line center, if he's a better second-line winger. It's not his fault. You can't pin him to that position for the rest of his life because that's how you built your team. So it's up to Ken Holland now to find the right third-line center if they feel that way and let Ryan McLeod thrive as a winger. I got no problem with McLeod on the wing. The one thing that I've noticed with Derek Ryan, and I agree, we talked about this last week, to have Derek Ryan at 3C and then James Hamlin 4C isn't a recipe for success no. in the playoffs. We we kind of both believe that. But what's helped Derek Ryan is the fact that Evander Kane plays so physical and has been playing so physical, he sort of protects Ryan on that third line because yeah. now the other team's going, oh, we better keep an eye out for Kane here because he's running around, he's hitting guys, he's being physical. That helps out Ryan. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, because let's say if, if we're going to say we've, Ryan's probably a fourth-line player moved up a line, I'm going to tell you that Evander Kane is a top-six player moved down the line, mm-hmm. right? So, I, you know, is that the line of the future here? Like, I think we've hit a bit of an interesting point in, in the – the development of this team. You know, uh, we used to argue and, and talk about whether McDavid and Drysaddle should play together or apart. I don't think we argue about that anymore, right, Kev? Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear this is a better team with those two guys apart. Like, 
I'm not sure anyone thinks they're a better team with them together all the time. And now we're we're seeing a team where, you know, they're putting instead of furnishing Drysital with the very best wingers you got, they're furnishing him with a young McLeod that's figuring it out and a Ryan, and a Warren Fogel right now who's playing very well. But I think we'd all agree he's probably a well, he's certainly a middle six player if not a bottom six six player. Mm-hmm. And we're not so worried about oh you got to give Drysital so he can get a hundred points and win a trophy and all that stuff. And when you got Kane on your third line, and and maybe this is a different makeup here. Maybe you got a team that maybe we're a little less worried about placating our stars, and a little more worried about having a balanced lineup that wins hockey games. And I don't know how Kane is with this. I don't know how Drysaddle is with this. We we'll have to figure all that out. Mm-hmm. But it's different than it's been, right? Under Knobloch, he's to me is the first coach that's really starting to take care of his depth here. Uh, I'm not trying to carve any of the other guys, but everyone used to be so worried about the top six. I'm happy to see a coach that's worried about his the whole 12 a little bit more. And balance. It's balance, and Chris Knobloch has said that a lot here because that's what the team needs. Being so top-heavy all the time in years past, in games past, yeah. that's it been a problem. It's been a problem. Uh, one yeah, quick, how's it work? Yeah. It hasn't, they yeah. haven't won. No. So it's kind of like the Leafs. Like the Leafs are a really good team. They're one of the best teams, but they don't win. So you got to figure out what you're doing that's not working here. And now why aren't you winning? And the Oilers have had more playoff success, but I don't see any rings on their fingers. So I like what's going on here. And I hope the players do too. What you don't want to see is, wow, wow, I'm not in the top six. <laughs> Right, you don't want to see that. No, uh, just a quick thought on Stu Skinner. He gets twenty-five saves for his shutout last night, and you know had some timely saves again. That one, I thought the one save that he slid across on Duclair on the yeah. power play—that was a, that was a real good save because he he got he just read that play perfectly. Yeah, I think you know I was at that San Jose game on I think it was November ninth. Ninth, yeah, yeah where well, they lost three-two. And I read my story last night just to kind of remind me, and, and it was my opinion that night anyway, that he had zero chance on the goals that were scored. I know one was a two-on-one, and I know one was a cross-crease pass and a bullet shot up high. Mm-hmm. So my point is this. He made the, he didn't have to make a ton of great saves last night. He made three or four real good ones. But he those were all, you know, a good goalie had a chance to make those saves. The difference with the chances that this team is is giving up in front of Stu Skinner now is they're not just absolute goalie has no prayer chance, you know, opportunities. There's some everyone's going to give up a chance, but a good goalie can make the saves. I thought last night the caliber of chance of, of San Jose's best chance wasn't close to what the caliber of those chances were near the start of the year. And I think now all of a sudden you're looking at a goalie, Kev. No one's complaining about your goalie anymore. No one's saying, oh, can't win with Stu Skinner. If you play that well defensively in front of him, you know what? Maybe you can win some games with Stu Skinner. Hey, Speck, what goes on this weekend? It's New Year's Eve. Uh, I mean, Ooh. Sunday night. I mean, is it just one continuous party at the Spectre <laughs> residence for like eight days, nine no. days? No. No? Kev, I'm old, pal. <laughs> There's no one continuous party anymore. Well, but I mean, like even you probably watch, you're going to watch the World Junior Game today, 1130, right? I think so, yeah. 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 And I'm sure you got to, you're probably, have you tried the skim milk with the uh, rum and eggnog? No. 
not going there. Christmas is past. No, no eggnog. I don't even know if the store like there's one for you. Does the store sell eggnog anymore now yes. that Christmas is over? Yes. Or are they just getting rid of the old stock? No. Imagine old you look eggnog. at who uh, wants that? You look at the best before dates and all the one. It's well into January. They have to keep it for Orthodox Christmas. Oh, is that oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. For the Ukrainian Christmas. Yes. Like yeah. Oh, see, I never thought about I that. Forgot no. to, I forgot to ask you, too. Did you have any kuchia for uh, Christmas? What's kuchia? Kuchia. Come on, Spec. Kuchia is a, it's a Ukrainian delicacy that every Christmas you have. So basically, it's boiled wheat with honey and poppy seed oh, yeah, and walnuts. Yeah. I've had that at Ukrainian Christmas. Is it yeah. January 7th? Somewhere in there, yeah. yeah I've had it. It's very, very tasty. It always sort of reminds me of like cereal. Yeah, it would. Uh, it would it's be really, like- really good. No, my wife does not make that, uh, nor do you know what, pal. By the time you make all those cabbage rolls, both normal <laughs> and sour, and then you make all the pierogies and all the rest of the cooking she does, I'm not coming home and saying, "Hey, Shaka, could you make three more different dishes?" <laughs> Not what I'm doing. I'm going to send you guys some kuchia. I'll send some to Shalka for next year. Okay, I got you, man. I'll yeah. I'll lap it up. Pal. And then the other one is the the mashed white beans with garlic. Oh yeah, I know. I never liked that stuff much. Why? Did you Why? like that? Oh yeah, because it's just you just it, you just reek of garlic after it. Like we, <laughs> oh, and I'll I'll take I'll probably have about oh I would say a cup of it. Oh really? Yeah, and I just stink. <laughs> it's the hey, best. That sounds, that sounds great, Kev. I yeah. can't wait for that. I'll, I'll stay out of studio around January eighth through twelfth, if that's okay. Maybe I'll have a little bit for the next home game, and I'll just sit beside you in the press box. Yeah, great. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Spec. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you on uh, Tuesday, I guess. Tuesday. Okay. Happy talk New Year, Tuesday. bud. Happy New Year. All right. That's Mark Specter. Uh, energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need. At Booster Juice. You've never had that dish, Duke? The uh, kuchiao or the, even the garlic beans? No. Oh, absolutely not. The garlic beans are the best. I, and I think I'm in the same boat as Spec. I don't think I'm uh, going to be inclined to be trying it anytime, so anytime soon. So there's a bread that you have too as well for Ukrainian Christmas or, or whatever, Orthodox, so we don't want to upset anyone. It's uh, So then what you do is you rub the garlic on it, raw garlic on it. Mm-hmm. And then you just eat it. But then I just said, you know what? I just eat the garlic raw. <laughs> just popping cloves oh, in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, God. and then the other thing, too, is what we do is, uh, it's a kind of a big tradition. You pass, uh, well, it's a 66, a Crown Royal around, <laughs> and it goes around three times, and you have to have a shot. So you have three shots. Merry Christmas, everybody. Bang, and you pound the shot back. And then, so three, so you just do one shot at a time, but it's three laps. Yeah, it goes three laps. And then, you know, some people will have one, you know. I remember years ago, there, I had an old Auntie Rosie. She would have been in her 70s or whatever. Just right to the brim, fill it up and pound it back. And, oh. and you know, everyone uses the same shot glass too. So it's kind of, I know, I know alcohol's burning off the germs. But. That actually sounds pretty similar to a tradition that uh, myself and some of my slow pitch teams would have. Yes. Um, over the uh, at the the campsites wherever we're at, whether it be uh, Delburn, Elnora, <laughs> Edson. Um, what was that place out by Forestburg that I went that one summer? Uh, oh, I can't remember the name. But anyway, um, where you get the the bottle of Fireball and you you take the top off and there's mm-hmm. those nice little tin lids. You just crush the lid in your hand so you can't put it back yeah. on, throw that in the bin, and you play the song Fireball by uh, Pitbull, 
and you pass the bottle around the campsite and the bottle and it's it's like yeah those big 60s of fireball ball yeah. has to be empty before the song's over or else you have to start again a lot of times i hate to say this is years ago we would be you know booze cruising it back then it was a little different i hate to say sorry yes. oh, yeah, sorry but it was different 40 years ago but you just threw the cap out the window yes you know yeah lots of fun not that smart but Lots of fun, and then uh, and then your your beer bottles rolling around on the floorboards. You take those out and throw yeah. them at the signs. Uh, hey, how about this? Darren from Ard Rawson says kolash is the bread. I uh, love kuchia and the mashed beans as well with garlic. See, there's guys. Out well, Ard Rawson, yeah, no doubt. Of yeah. course, there's uh, people loving the Ukrainian but, food out there. That, that's right behind the garlic Na- curtain. Neighbors, neighbors, right. neighbors with the Ukrainian village. For goodness' sake. Yeah. Uh, Jorge says, you guys are saying the same thing as when Woody took over about the depth. It won't last. Well, first, I don't think we had a show when Woody took over. But <laughs> yeah, find those tapes, <laughs> Jorge. Uh, maybe it was discussed a little bit about it, but not totally sure. Uh, Shovelhead sends in a text. Good morning, boys. Could Kane succeed at 3C, at 3 Center, from Shovelhead? I think he could. Uh, having said that, he's so strong along the wall that I don't know if you want to move him away from what he offers and what he brings along the wall, getting pucks in and out and the physicality, but he's obviously can skate well enough to handle it. I think he, the assignments that you need to concentrate on as a, a centerman, I think he could handle that. To be honest with you, every time he goes and, and takes a face-off, he seems to do okay in the face-off dot. I think he could. Now, how, you know, what are you penciling in? What are you doing here? So are you moving? You'd probably move Derek Ryan down to the fourth-line right winger because Hamlin's not coming out of the lineup as a 4C. I think, how's this for a line? If Holloway comes back, you'd have Holloway on the left side. Maybe Kane moves to center and figure out who you want on the right side on that line. I mean, the options... Options are there. And every coach will tell you, I just want options. Give me options. Oilers definitely have that. And even like what Speck is saying about Leon and Connor playing a part, but the option's always there for them to come back. And they they play four on four together. They come back a lot of times and play together the first shift out of a penalty kill. So you see the opportunities where Chris Knobloch and Jay Woodcroft, for that for that matter, have the have the options and have the options to move players around. And right now, all I mean, the first line's humming. You can't ask for much more than what the first line is doing, and and the second line now is is coming along. So if the third and fourth lines, all they have to do is be, you don't have to score a whole heck of a lot, but don't get scored on. And you know, make sure your defensive assignments are are checked off, and take it from there. Uh, when we come back, we'll have uh, I guess we'll talk. We'll do a little Stu Skinner. How about that post game Stu Skinner from last night coming up at eight forty? Carolyn O'Dwyer, Pandas volleyball head coach, will uh, guest with us, and then our ski report at the top of the hour at nine. It's the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Stay with us. Ooh. There's a legend, eh? Ian Tyson. Uh, passed I guess away one, one year. year. One year ago today. One year ago today. So, uh, yeah, Harry had uh, texted and asked for some uh, Ian Tyson because it is uh, Playlist Friday. If you got a song sort that, uh, that. sends you into the weekend on a like uh, on a good mood, um, love to hear. It. He he asked for four strong wins. Unfortunately, didn't have one in the library, so uh, Navajo Rug took its place. But yeah. still, uh, I I love that song. 
Coach Al says, great song, great, great song by Ian Tyson. Mike thinks I'm an idiot, saying Kane is probably the worst defensively-minded forward on the Oilers. How can you think he can play center? Um, well, right off the top, before getting into the actual legitimacy of that statement, um, do you have to be a great defensive forward to play center? Yeah. To play third-line need- center? Sure. Uh, maybe maybe that's a little bit more of a prerequisite, but... I just well. So what? What is Kane doing so badly defensively that he's the worst? There is a there is an advanced metric out there, and I can't recall exactly which one it is. Gregor talked about it yesterday afternoon when he hopped on with Mm -hmm. Connor. um, That reflects poorly on Evander Kane, but it does not take into account like in terms of goals for and against. It's basically like a different plus minus type thing, which kind of a bit of an outdated stat. Like Evander Kane on the ice for goals and goals he contributes to, whether it be assists mm-hmm. in the play, whatever, as opposed to goals on the ice against where they might be a goal against, but it has nothing to do with something he did defensively. I'm sure whatever this metric stat is, is just earth shattering. All advanced, like there's, there is no perfect advanced stat. If there was, why are there general managers? Why are there scouts? Like you would just, the read, game's too fast. You again. would, you would just use a spreadsheet, right? There, there is no perfect stat or metric to measure players. You can combine ones and combine that with the eye test and et cetera, et cetera, go down the list. But uh, I I do not agree with the statement that Kane is the worst defensively-minded forward on the Oilers. I think, yeah, there are deficiencies in his game. Yes. There's deficiencies probably in everyone's game. You can talk about Leon Dreisaitl <laughs> turning the puck over, but he's got the puck on his stick way more than anyone else. So that's going to happen. You're going to have turnovers. I think it's just if as, if you can play a smart, solid defensive game, I think he can he can fill in in a pinch if you need it. There's a possibility, maybe down the road, who knows? But it's it's a conversation. We didn't say that he was starting at third line center tomorrow. It's just a hypothetical. In LA. And uh, but Mike says he did not call you an idiot, which is true. He didn't. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I'm just I'm just exaggerating. I didn't call you an idiot. For the sake oh, of yeah. drama. This is this is the yeah. entertainment biz. Yeah, just trying to get you going, Mike, that's all. Uh, Stu Skinner last night, 25 saves for the shutout. The Oilers beat San Jose by a score of 5 to nothing. Stu Skinner's played pretty well, really, when you think about it since the coaching change. And, I mean, he had, if you look at his save percentage and his goals against average in the early going, well, it had nowhere to go but down or up, depending on the category. But his save percentage is just fine. In the last uh, month and a half, it's about 9.08, I think. His goals against is under three. He's got a lot of wins because he's getting a lot of starts. The Oilers uh, have scored a lot of goals for him. We talked about that since Chris Knobloch took over. The Oilers have got goals plus four, more than four goals, in 14 of 19 games. So when you're getting that kind of run support, it's going to help you in the wins category. Uh, after last night's 25-save uh, performance, Stu Skinner had this to say to the traveling media. Stu, your fourth career NHL shutout. Does that ever get old hearing that? Uh Hopefully it will one day. So when when you when I hear five, hopefully. So um, yeah, it was it was a good game. Uh, felt good in there. I think San Jose had a you know I thought they were really good in the offensive zone. I think we also did a great job. Um, you know being able to get some blocks in and uh, PK was huge again. 
Uh, as a net miner, we always talk about how a big save can kind of feel everybody else's confidence. But when you see your team start the way it did this hockey game, how much confidence does that breed in you? Yeah, it was huge. Uh, it gave me a lot of confidence. It's also it's always nice kind of getting that early lead. Um, yeah, I think we were rolling around for a good five minutes straight in their end. Um, and that's a huge credit to the guys being being ready off the bat. It, it can be hard, especially coming off uh, Christmas break. What can you say about that second line right now with Ryan McLeod, Warren Fogle, and Leon Dreisaitl? Yeah, they're feeling it right now. They're uh, they're buzzing. They're moving around, making some good plays, uh, getting shots off, uh, getting to the net hard. Um, so it's, it's all well-earned goals. All right, to use a baseball metaphor, what are you going through with this shutout during the intermissions? What are you thinking about, and uh, is it on your mind about you have a shutout? Uh, it's probably on your mind the last five minutes of the game, uh, and even then you try to get it out of your head as quickly as possible. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're always kind of thinking about how the game's going and kind of where things are at. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's my job to, to stop the puck, and that's my main focus. Approaching this hockey game, how much does your last visit here in San Jose kind of weigh on your mind as you prepared for this one? Yeah, I mean, you knew they were going to come out hard. They also had a game uh, yesterday, so they obviously they, they were able to get a couple things uh, out of the way um, or early on, right after the Christmas break. So you knew uh, you knew these guys know how to score goals. Uh, I mean, you, you see it. I mean, you can see that they lose games every once in a while, but for the most most part, they're always getting their goals. So um, really good team. Uh, you know. It's the NHL. Every team's good. Every team knows how to score. Uh, every player knows how to make plays. So it's uh, it's always important to be ready. From losing that game in early November to where your team is at now, winning three straight hockey games, yeah. how do you describe the growth, Stuart? Yeah, it's been big. I think it's a lot of resiliency from our group. Uh, I think you can see that there's highs and lows in a season, and I think we're doing a really good job at you know trying to stay even keel and just work our way up. We know the position that we're in in the standings, so um, and we also know our goal, just like every other team uh, in the league. So it's going to be important for us to just to keep going here. That's Oilers goaltender Stu Skinner now with a 2.91 goals against average, save percentage of 8.91 on the year. He's got 13 wins on the season, so. Yeah, he's getting a lot of starts, and he's going to continue to get, uh, you know, the lion's share of the workload. Uh, when we come back, we'll go in the community with Carolyn O'Dwyer, Pandas Volleyball head coach. They've got the old uh, New Year's Classic going on at uh, the Saval Community Sports Centre. That's coming up right after the break on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, another classic. Uh, welcome back to the big program. Kevin Carey, show on Sports 1440. Let's go in the community right now for United Sport and Cycle. And the annual Boxing Day week sale is on right now. Scratch and save uh, 10 to 60% off store-wide and site-wide. Uh, time to get yourself what you didn't get for Christmas at United Sport and Cycle. As we welcome in Carolyn O'Dwyer, Panda's Volleyball Head Coach. Carolyn, welcome back to Sports 1440. Happy holidays and best of the season to you and coming up happy new year good morning thank you you as well and thanks for having me well thanks for coming on and when a lot of teams over the christmas break take some time off the pandas volleyball team is not uh, uh with a big uh, kind of a tournament at the savile center with the new year's classic what's this tournament all about uh, this tournament is really a chance for us to kind of get back into the swing of things after kind of having a full December of exams and not a lot of gameplay and kind of get ready for our 
really important second half. So we get the pleasure of hosting a few other universities and, and get a chance to, to play them in preparation for second semester. So the tournament started last night. You played the University of Calgary, won 3 nothing. Uh, just touch on what you saw from your squad last night. Yeah, I think um, it's always tough coming back after Christmas break, but it was really nice to see us, I think, kind of closer to the level that we finished the semester, which was good. The You know, the rust came off pretty quick, which was nice to see. Um, I think so, lots to build on. But uh, yeah, I think we're in a, a really good spot coming into second semester. What did you see last night after having some time off? And again, just coming after Christmas, it's always hard for a team to kind of get back into the swing of things. Yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, some connection things we got to still work through. I think not uh, having kind of full team practices in December, we still train, but it is more kind of individual or or small group. And I think that uh, you can see it the most in kind of just the, the team connection and, you know, the setter hitter connection and kind of those, those pieces that just, you know, need to be repped out a little bit more. Carolyn O'Dwyer, Pandas Volleyball Head Coach is our guest on Sports 1440 so what did you do for basically the month of December after your your last games which were basically at the end of November well early December you had Regina uh, here at the uh, very early part of December but almost a full month off so kind of touch on what how the team practiced and then how the 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 ladies handle I guess the schedule with exams and everything like that yeah, it's definitely not easy as soon as exams start. They, you know, they get pretty preoccupied with that. How how we structured it was um, having them come in kind of optional small group style training. So if they had an exam that day or the next day, they weren't expected to be in the gym. They were expected to kind of focus on on that test, um, but kind of finding that time within their busy exam schedule to at least come and train it a couple times a week um, and give them a chance. I think it's nice to be able to work on some of the kind of the technical things um, that you can't do during competition time. Um, so, you know, it's nice to kind of tweak some of those small things, but that's what we did. But it is a long time off without kind of that full team structured training. So, yeah, it's not easy in there. They're busy student athletes, but that's, I guess, kind of the life of the student athlete. Carolyn, do you find that, you know, in the last few weeks, it's harder to make sure that the focus is totally there when they do come to practices because they have a lot on their minds with, uh, you know, some serious exams and things like that? For sure. Yeah, I think we definitely had some some days where, you know, the athletes are there, but you can't, they don't feel like they're fully <laughs> mentally there. Um, and I think giving them a little bit of uh, freedom of, okay, yeah, you might not be at your, your peak performance uh, because you're preoccupied with what you got going on the, the next day and just being a little bit more okay with that. Um, but for sure, yeah, you can you can tell on some days they've just finished an exam and, and their yeah. brain is fried or they're thinking about what they have coming the next day. Um, so, yeah, not uh, definitely not peak performance in, in those training sessions. So how do you handle that as a coach, Carolyn, when you have to, you want them at their very best, but you understand and you know that there are other things that are on their minds. 
what do you do to uh, make sure that, uh, you know, kind of everyone's on the same page and, and you're not maybe coming down too hard on them in the sense that you understand that this is a busy time of the year for them, uh, you know, academically? Yeah, I think lots of deep breathing. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I think, uh, making sure they know that I recognize it's a hard mm-hmm. time of year, um, and kind of putting that right out in the open from, from the beginning. Um, but also just making sure that they have some, some purpose behind their training still. So, we, you know, we talked a lot about, okay, what's maybe one or two small things that individually they wanted to change about their game over the month and really trying to have them come back to that. So there is some purpose behind the training. Cause I think it's, it's always the worst when you feel like, yeah, maybe there's somewhere else they'd rather be or, you know, anything along those lines. And that's not how we want to train. So I think really coming back to kind of those small individual goals and Hey, there is purpose behind this training. Um, and also using it for them as a little bit of an escape from mm-hmm. all the other stresses. I definitely want the gym to be somewhere they want to be. So tried to create a little bit more of that environment where it is, you know, escape from exam, you know, should be an enjoyable place for them and really try to come back to that. Our guest on Sports 1440s, Carolyn O'Dwyer, Pandas Volleyball Head Coach as we go in the community for United Sport and Cycle. So back to the New Year's Classic at the Savile Centre. Again, you uh, defeated Calgary 3-0 yesterday, 25-17, 25-20, and 25-20. So fairly close games. But in the other uh, other matchup yesterday, McMaster and the University of Quebec at Montreal, that one went 3-1 to UQ and some really close games and some long games as well in that one. What did you see from UQ, who you will face off today? Yeah, so they definitely do things a little bit differently than us, which is always, uh, you know, hard to defend against. They run a pretty fast offense, especially to their middle attackers. So um, we got the chance to scrimmage against them yesterday morning and see that a little bit. So I think that will help us prepare for tonight but definitely yeah a little bit of a, a quicker offense they have uh, quite a strong setter um, so I think for for us in our block defense of just being really patient and not uh, you know getting caught up in that mm-hmm. speed and kind of making some some moves we don't want to make so I think patience is going to be um, really important um, and it's always hard when you play teams you don't see very often so I think a great opportunity but uh, yeah some challenges for sure with them just having a different style of play than we see kind of every day in our gym. And, and then what about McMaster who you will square off with tomorrow afternoon? Yeah so McMaster I think is a great team for us to face. They host nationals this year so they know they're, you know, three matches away from a, a national championship, so a lot closer than we are right now. Um, so I think a really good opportunity to to get to play them, and we don't often get to see teams uh, in Ontario during our season. Um, and, yeah, I feel like they're a little bit more similar in, in style to us. Um, we also got the chance to to play them uh, yesterday, which, uh, again, I think will help with that uh, preparation. But, yeah, a, a strong team that we hope to get the opportunity to face later in this season at, at Nationals. So I think really good opportunity for us to see them see them now. Carolyn, who's in the Canada West Conference? Can you kind of set the table and uh, give us uh, what you're expecting in the second half here? Who are some of the tougher schools that you'll be facing? 
Yeah, we definitely have a, a tough schedule coming up. Um, right now, UBC is sitting atop the, the conference, so we're um, one below them in second, and we face off against them right away the second weekend of, mm-hmm. of league. So um, that will be a, a big matchup and I think kind of a really good indication to us of kind of where we're at um, and and what we maybe need to need to work on mm-hmm. moving forward. But I think yeah, UBC will be um, one one big one. Um, and then later in the semester, we play both Manitoba and the University of Fraser Valley, who are both um, high in the standings currently, and um, I think going to be tough teams and we play Fraser Valley at Fraser Valley so kind of that mm-hmm. that added away element and that will be our last weekend of the semester so probably a lot on the line uh, when it comes to that weekend we hope we hope we're in a, a good position that there is you know potentially hosting playoffs on the line or kind of those mm-hmm. those big things so yeah those three teams will be I mean everyone in Canada West is is good, um, but uh, those three are kind of top of Canada West right now um, and teams we haven't played yet. Carolyn O'Dwyer is our guest uh, on Sports 1440. How has it been for you, Carolyn, since uh, you took over from Lori Eisler, who was at the University of Alberta since McCassa was blowing up volleyballs? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think we talked about last time I was on, yeah. on the show, it's pretty, uh, you know, big shoes to to fill and I'm not sure I'll ever fill those so trying to kind of create create my own um create my own path with this group but it's been real I've been really fortunate to still have Lori in her role as the general manager of the team and still working with us as an assistant coach assistant coach with the team every day that you know that's really helped to kind of um, make the transition a little bit smoother and um, not have it be kind of a, you know, a 180 turn for the athletes right away. But yeah, of course it's, it's, it's busy and, you know, definitely feeling the, the pressure to do a really good job, but um, yeah, it's been a, a good transition so far. And I think a huge part of that is having worry with the team and also, you know, the support of the admin at U of A as well has been really good. Um, so yeah, no, it's been good, but definitely lots of pressure. <laughs> well, and the other thing too, I'm just looking the the, the Golden Bears volleyball team. The Bears mm-hmm. are in California right now, yeah. So that's yeah, a nice yeah. little, you know, you guys got to you guys got to hold down the the home front here, <laughs> and they, these guys get to go to California. I know what the heck. <laughs> we should have joined them on that trip. Oh, that that would be a good trip for the Bears, though. I mean, they 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 go down there over the years. I've known quite frequently, you know, since uh, you know I've, I've known Terry Danilak for twenty five years. So, but that's always kind of been one of their highlights of the year when they go down there. And it, the the volleyball's so good, right? Yes, I think it works really well for them because the competitive seasons align pretty well. That both mm-hmm. teams are kind of preparing for. You know, the NCAA teams, the men are kind of just starting their season. Our Bears, obviously, are, you know, getting ready for the second half. So the competitive seasons align really well. And, yeah, the level, um, I would say, is pretty comparable between those two leagues. So, yeah, I know it's been a really positive trip for them uh, over the years. And they've created some really good relationships with those top schools. And I think even had them come to to Canada as well and... um, and play and have some kind of showcases, which is also awesome for volleyball fans. So, yeah, yeah 
really cool. Such a, I mean, um, I mean, when they got uh, UCLA and Pepperdine, I mean, those are powerhouses down there. Yeah. So. Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah, and it's very cool they get to play those top teams. They're not just, mm-hmm. yeah, playing a middle of the road uh, program. Definitely getting to play against the best of the best. So for the pandas, so tonight it's UQ seven o'clock, and then McMaster tomorrow at four. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. All right, and all at the Savile Community Sports Centre. Hopefully some people are coming out to watch you guys because, again, top-notch volleyball down there. So wish you all the best uh, and uh, in the tournament. And then as the uh, new year comes around and you got, again, a couple tough matches, Sasky and then UBC. So uh, all the best, uh, Caroline, uh, and uh, good luck and uh, happy new year. Take care. Thank you. You as well. All right, that's Carolyn O'Dwyer, Pandas Volleyball Head Coach, as we went in the community for United Sport and Cycle again. The big Boxing Day sale is on. Check out United Sport and Cycle. 95 years that they've been doing things, and they do it right. They do it right. They do it fast. Um, When we come back, it will be time to do our ski report. We've got that going on. Plus, Adam Burke from uh, Wiesen Primetime, we will preview some college football bowl games we'll preview and then then the final four which happens on new year's day on monday first off though time now for a sports 1440 update brought to you by the snow valley ski club book your kids 5 to 12 years old in one of our holiday camps running throughout the christmas school break you can visit snowvalley.ca for details here is the duke 